the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. February 2nd, 2021. <clears throat> A little political potpourri, if I may. New York Times op-ed columnist Nick Kristoff writes an open letter to his conservative friends. Among other things, he writes, quote, Relax. We liberals are not plotting to round you up and put you in re-education camps, close quote. He doubles down on that, writing again at the end of his column, quote, We're not plotting to lock you up in detention camps. We need you to keep us honest, close quote. Those are the opening and closing words of his column. I would urge you re- to read the middle part. There, he writes, quote, To dampen extremism, advertisers should stop supporting networks that spread lies and hatred, and cable companies should drop channels that persist in doing so. As a start, don't force people to subsidize Fox News by including it in basic packages. Is this a slippery slope? Yes, and it makes me queasy. But we all recognize that there are red lines. Neo-Nazis and Ku Klux Klan Grand Wizards have First Amendment rights, but we shouldn't pay to give them microphones, nor should commentators on the left or the right get megaphones to promote violence. Extremists enjoy free speech, but shouldn't be buttressed by advertisers or cable fees. Close quote. I see. I hope you see what happened there. Fox News is compared to neo-Nazis and the Ku Klux Klan by a liberal New York Times columnist who says, don't worry, we're not here to put you in re-education camps. And he compares Fox News's First Amendment rights to those of neo-Nazis and the Ku Klux Klan. And it's interesting how Christoph neglects to reflect upon or speak about efforts by multi-million dollar campaign organizations like the Lincoln Project, fellow columnists at large newspapers like the Washington Post, and even editors at Forbes magazine, who have all recommended making lists of Trump supporters and telling corporate America not to hire those who worked for Donald Trump. That is the definition of a blacklist, by the way. In the Soviet Union, they had what they called propiskas, propiska permits. You needed one to work. You could only get one if you joined the party, the party in all caps. So forgive us for thinking you want to either brainwash us or the rest of the country. And to brainwash, of course, one needs re-education or, at a minimum, forced cult deprogramming. Oh, and Nick, did you see that people like Katie Kirk have said we are a cult in need of deprogramming? So again, forgive us for reading and hearing what your movement says and taking it seriously. And forgive us, too, for thinking you think we are all equivalents to Nazis when for four years your team has been marching in the streets calling us and our president exactly that a Nazi, or when members of Congress from your party do the same as they have, or when you, as you did here, compare Fox News to the KKK. I'm sure Lauren Green, Harris Faulkner, and Charles Payne, never mind Donna Brazile and Mark Levin, would find that quite the surprise. But stop and consider to think a moment about what it means for a New York Times veteran to ask the world not to air Fox News. 
I wonder how much he agrees with what has been peddled on CNN and MSNBC, from Russia collusion hoaxes to descriptions of riots that have taken 30 lives and burned neighborhoods to the ground and caused $2 billion worth of damage as mostly peaceful, or what it meant for his paper and the aforementioned CNN and MSNBC to target and libel a high school student for engaging in racist behavior by merely wearing a MAGA hat such that millions had to be paid out to said student, Nick Sandman for said defamation, or the blackout of the nation's oldest newspaper because it wrote a story that was negative about the family of Joe Biden. Deprive us of Fox, deplatform us on social media, censor us, refuse to hire us, but we're the paranoid party for thinking you want to re-educate us. Nice work if you can get it, Nick. Another item. Yesterday, the New York Times had a headline, quote, an emboldened extremist wing flexes its power in a leadership in a leaderless GOP. Read it again. An emboldened extremist wing flexes its power in a leaderless GOP, close quote. Its focus is on a Republican I've never heard of who left the party in Ohio and a newly elected congresswoman from Georgia that until yesterday I also had never heard of. But a thought occurred to me tying the Kristoff column to that headline. If the New York Times and corporate America, along with social media and CNN, weren't trying to silence and cancel and seek censure of duly elected U.S. senators like Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz, and if the New York Times didn't fire its editorial page editor because he ran a column by Tom Cotton, sending the message that if anyone else does that, they'll be fired too, If they didn't do all that silencing, censuring, and censoring, maybe we'd have what the New York Times considers leaders. You can't silence our leaders, in other words, and then blame us for being leaderless, can you? Can a man who murders his parents beg for mercy because he's now an orphan? Has Nick Kristoff or the editorial page of the New York Times ever written a column not about Republican outliers, but about Democratic Party mainstays and chief fundraisers? You know... Rashida Tlaib and Ilan Omar, who have trafficked with radical Islamists and engaged in the worst forms of anti-Semitism, has it editorialized against Nancy Pelosi for calling federal troops trying to protect a federal courthouse in Oregon Nazi stormtroopers, or Joe Biden for comparing the U.S. president to Joseph Goebbels? There's an effort going on here, and the effort is to make it seem as if conservatives are crazy and everything on the left is normal, or at minimum excusable. I've done this before, but I think it's worth doing again because I think this whole effort to make the normal abnormal and the abnormal normal is a distortion and wrong. I think things are exactly the opposite of what the left is telling us. I think I'm not crazy, and I think they are. We have expressions like the inmates have taken over the asylum after all. Maybe they are expressions for a reason, as if it's happened before, or that it can happen. That phrase comes from an old Edgar Allan Poe story, The System of Dr. Tar and Professor Feather. It takes place in an asylum where one Monsieur Maillard was a patient in the asylum, asylum, and he led a rebellion against the doctors where the patients took over, and Maillard was seen as the new administrator, with the previous staff as the new patients. At one point, perhaps what one may call a tell, Malyard tells the curious visitor to, quote, believe nothing that you hear and only half of what you see. The soothing system, as Poe called it, was upended for tarring and feathering, with the sick in charge of the well, the well being tarred and feathered, 
the sick doing the tarring and the feathering. After the original staff rebels, order is again restored. Of course, you have to know that such stories and such phrases have purchase because there are actual examples of it happening in our various lives. Perhaps not as graphic as the fictional, but maybe in a way more so and more important. The imagery here, like the misuse of psychiatry perhaps generally, has been used for a lot of political purposes. The notion that you are crazy for what you believe trips easily off the tongue. But in too many socialist, socialist regi- in too many socialist regi- regimes, it was literal. It was literal. It was a condition in the Soviet Union known as philosophical intoxication. And you were asylumed for having errant political beliefs, beliefs that dissented from the state's dogma, the party line. So when the Nick Kristofs tell us he just wants Fox off the air, but we shouldn't be worried about being asylumed, while others of his ilk tell us we need deprogramming, while yet others want to revoke our work visas, I hope he'll excuse us for not believing him. I should here like to quote Louis Brandeis, quote, Those who won our independence by revolution were not cowards. They did not fear political change. They did not exalt order at the cost of liberty. To courageous, self-reliant men with confidence in the power of free and fearless reasoning applied through the process of popular government, no danger flowing from speech can be, dear, can be deemed clear or present unless the incidence of the evil apprehended is so imminent that it may befall before there is opportunity for full discussion. If there be time to expose through discussion the falsehood and fallacies, to avert the evil by the processes of education, the remedy to be applied is more speech, not enforced silence. Only an emergency can justify repression. Such must be the rule if authority is to be reconciled with freedom. Such, in my opinion, is the command of the Constitution. Close quote. Note just today the New York Times wrote about the need for the Biden administration to appoint a reality czar with truth commissions for those who report false stories. Maybe Nick Kristof should read his own newspaper. Beware those who A, exalt order at the cost of liberty, B, fear debate and the power of reason, and C, falsely or easily proclaim emergencies declared in order to justify repression. I'm Seth Leibson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960. Parts of this show are brought to you by Balance of Nature. I take it every single day. All natural vine-ripened fruits and veggies picked at their peak of ripeness. No sugar, no chemicals, no GMO in any of it. They use a unique cold press process to get tens of thousands vital nutrients into these great vegetarian capsules that help you boost your health, energy, and immunity. I love it, and so do the friends and family members I've given it to. One Daily Dose gives you 31 different servings of fruits and vegetables, and they have a great deal right now where they're offering 35% off and free shipping on your first order of Balance of Nature preferred fruits and veggies. Give them a call at 800-246-8751 or visit them at balanceofnature.com. 
and make sure to use discount code BALANCE. It is the most effective whole food supplement on the market. Joe Biden is um, signing three executive orders today on immigration, uh, according to um, the New York Times. These orders are aimed at further rolling back his predecessor's immigration and at reuniting migrant children who were separated from their families. In that they even write that at the New York Times is to engage in myth. That is not what was happening at the border with family separation. Uh, Family separation was only – it wasn't family separation. The whole point of it was to keep children away from people who weren't family members. So they would do it up to 20 days when the Department of Homeland Security was unable to determine if there was a familial relationship because the child could be at risk. Um, There's a story I am looking at here from El Paso, KVEO, at the Rio Grande Valley sector. 3,500 unaccompanied children were found in the Rio Grande Valley sector over the course of two months. And we're talking one-year-olds, three-year-olds, seven-year-olds, 12-year-olds, toddlers, These are not people you want abandoned. Yeah, they're going to be held separately from any adult who isn't seen as their parent. No parent really abandons their children. None of these orders should be um, surprises. Uh, This is, again, part and parcel of my earlier statements that we are now going to be proving the theoretical with the actual. Perhaps it's hard to convince people of how left-wing, how bad, how undermining the Democratic Party has become of societal norms and of safety and of everything else that we considered helped, you know, keep America and Americans strong, healthy, industrial, and safe. Uh, We talked a lot about what their policies were. Uh, People either disagreed with us or didn't believe us. Now they're going to believe it. Now they're going to believe it. They have been telling us, the Democrats, this. They have been telling this. Uh, to us for over a year. Uh, I am looking at the first Democratic debate that took place in 2019 where they talked about doing all of this. They talked about promising access to health care insurance for undocumented immigrants, undocumented immigrants, 11 million of them. Uh, They talked about calling for the decriminalization of border crossings while opposing a wall. They all supported that. Um, This is, you know, No one can claim they were surprised. No one who paid any attention to the debates, whether in the primaries for the Democrats or between Trump and Biden, no one can claim any surprise here as to what's happening. Uh, The cruelty, of course, of the Trump administration uh, and his immigration policies, which saw an increase in voters from Hispanic Americans, let me remind, the cruelty of it, that um, saw, too— Hundreds of thousands of legal immigrants a year. You would think that we were a garrison country if you read the New York Times. You would think we were a garrison country if you listened to Joe Biden. We are not. We bring in hundreds of thousands of legal immigrants every year. The fewer the illegal, the more legal we can bring in. If legal immigration is of interest, there you go. That's how you do it. You stop the illegal. Stopping the wall, normalizing illegal behavior— That is going to hamper legal 
immigration. And as far as family separation goes, I forget who said it. It might have been Jesse Waters. I'm with him on this. How about we work on being able to reunite American families? Right now, as he put it, I think, in his words, um, as best as I can recall them, but the point abides regardless. Right now, parents cannot be visited by their children. Not for holidays. They can't be visited by their grandchildren. Not for holidays. Not in the hospitals. How about we work on reuniting children with children in schools? How about we work on reuniting Americans with Americans? How about that be a goal? How about that, huh? Would that not be a smarter move than trying to appease an immigration lobby or an illegal immigration lobby or a certain base that doesn't even exist that much anymore? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess that who, <clears throat> whoever the Republicans nominate for uh, president in uh, 2024, if they run hard on this, they will see an even greater increase of voters from the Hispanic American community. Because as as, uh, no one less than the person whose statue is on Joe Biden's or whose bust is on Joe Biden's desk in the Oval Office, well understood, Cesar Chavez, illegal immigrants coming in to America suppress the wages of Americans whether they are American minorities or not minorities, whether they are whites, whether they are blacks, whether they are Hispanic Americans. The more illegal labor brought in suppresses the wages and work and employment opportunities of people who did it the legal way and who who are, in fact, either green card holders or American citizens. So what Joe Biden's doing on policy, whether it's this or some foreign policy issues I want to get into in a little bit, or healthcare, which uh, the great Sally Pipes is going to join us on later in the show. Whether it's any of these things, any of them, it seems to be the major or dominant thinking at the Biden White House is we will do the opposite of what was done before, whether it worked or not, whether it worked or not. Now, do keep in mind, If the Democrats were as serious about going on record or if Joe Biden were as serious about encrusting these policies and he thought he could get the Democrats to support it en masse, he has the House. He has the Senate. Why not push your legislation through? Why are you doing it through executive order? If you think that the entirety of the Democratic Party is with you on this, or at least the majority of it, you have the House and Senate and the White House. Why not go through the legislative process when we're talking about normalizing the illegal behavior of 11 million or more Americans, giving them welfare, health, and education benefits, and stopping policies that kept kids safe from coyotes? Because I don't think he can get those votes. That's why. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. 34 after the hour brings us John Dombrowski from Grand Canyon Planning Associates with our culture 
and Economy Update. John, how are you today, Tuesday, February 2nd, 2021? Doing fantastic. Thank you, sir. How you about bet. yourself? Let me give out your website, grandcanyonplanning.com. Big day for the market. I like this quote. I saw a quote from uh, someone at Pacific Life Advisors. Upon seeing that gravity still works and mm-hmm. fundamentals still matter, other market participants are once again comfortable going back into the market. And that's what's likely been driving this week's comeback rally. Yeah, and of course we talked about the GameStop yep. short positions and all of that. And if if you would have followed GameStop this week, uh, the the stock is down dramatically, seventy percent from the high. And we all expected this. This was nothing that was. We just didn't know exactly when it was going to occur, but it it occurred obviously much much quicker than some would have expected. But on the other side of that, Seth, it also is giving some, I believe. Uh, uh, momentum to the general market itself, as we saw yesterday's uh, rise, and then today another incredible uh, rise in the markets on all all, all of the major indexes. We had uh, big Fang stocks reporting: uh, Amazon after the bell, Google after the bell, both uh, up in after hours trading because they hit their marks. And what's interesting is uh, on on uh, Amazon, Jeff Bezos, who started Amazon as a right an online book company. Uh, actually decided he's going to step down as the CEO of the company starting in the third quarter of 2021. And, of course, they've got a a replacement that they've been grooming for this for quite some time and somebody who's been with the company since 1997. So he's not an unknown person. And I believe long-term this is going to probably be uh, a very smooth transition for Amazon. So you don't think that the earnings will go down as a result of him? No. uh no, stepping. he's he's staying. He's going to still be, you know, inve- you know, invested in part of the company. And uh, obviously, this is his baby. Uh, responsible. I think they said they have a million employees. Over a million really? employees. Oh I mean, it's it's a it's a huge huge company. And uh, they they hit a trillion dollars last year, uh, but now the value uh, market cap is about one point six trillion, soon to be two trillion dollars in value, which is just an amazing. Uh, amount of money. It's hard to fathom, right? I remember when it started. I was buying books. Mm-hmm. I, bought my, I bought a lot of books off them. And then I was watching, curiously, I, the stock has grown, I mean, tremendously. Oh, my gosh. What yeah. was it, at like two or three bucks at one point? Oh, yes. It, yes, correct. And now it's, uh, you know, in the couple thousand dollars yeah, right. a share. Incredible. Incredible yep. growth. Uh, he saw something. I guess he's now involved, involved in space exploration, too, right? Right. Yeah. So this is where he's saying he's going to start to devote some of his time is going to be some of the other interests that he has, some of the other companies that he has. And you can understand that, of course. Of course. It's going to be the Jets. We are going to live, John, to see the day where the Jetsons is not a fictional cartoon. I think you may be correct, Seth. The pace between him and uh, and the others are doing Tesla. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yep. yep. And then also you've got uh, the Sir Branson uh, uh, doing his deal. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, yeah, there's a lot happening out there when it comes to space and space travel, and I think you're going to start to see some real changes in that that whole industry as well. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of ups and downs there. We got to be careful for those out there who want to invest in that. That's going that should be part of your highly speculative segment of your investment portfolio. Uh, but if you want to be part of that, there are ETFs out there, exchange traded funds, which you can used to invest in those types of segments of the market. Tell me well. what that is. Is that a particular market sector investment uh, uh, strat- uh, strategy portfolio? What is that? Well, it's, 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 I guess, you know, if you want something to do with space, space yeah. travel and such, it's not necessarily a sector of the market, okay. but, but there are companies out there that are focusing their attention on that. And if you want to own those companies, 
and you don't just want to own one. You can buy an ETF, which, uh, as I mentioned, uh, which is a basket of stocks in a specific uh, area of the market. And if, if you wanted space travel, well, then you can do that. There's an ETF for that. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, good to know. What yeah. would be an, what what other kinds of things does do ETFs uh, would would they embrace? Well, ETFs Energy, in general. That yeah, sort of thing. you can yeah. you can be very specific and pinpoint uh, individual sectors of the market or individual areas of growth. If you like uh, electric vehicles, as an example, oh, okay. and you want to buy an ETF that invests only in electric vehicles and an ETF that only invests in stocks that have momentum. You could do that. There are a variety of different uh, ETFs out there that we can build a well-rounded portfolio. And we use a lot of those ETFs, Seth, in our own portfolios. Fabulous. I, I, mm-hmm. I was unaware of that. Great. Right. Thanks, John. All right. Yes. Securities and advisory services offered through Client One Securities LLC, a member of Fembrain Civic and an investment advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Client One Securities LLC are not affiliated. Thanks, John. We'll talk tomorrow. You betcha. Thank you, sir. You bet. I'm Seth. 602-508-0960. We will be right back. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. Joe Biden signing these executive orders today. The first one having to do with the family separation issue I spoke about earlier. Couldn't help himself. He said this will remove the stain to our reputation that this policy has caused. The stain to the reputation that this policy has caused. Such a bad stain that still tens upon tens upon tens, actually hundreds upon hundreds of thousands of people do everything they can and give their eye teeth to come here. Such a stain. Such a stain. Uh, It was a 20-day policy to save children from abuse. That's what that was. And we're undoing it. And it'll make border, make crime, and it'll make uh, children's health and welfare less safe. You'll see. You'll watch. You'll watch and see. We've tried to warn you. Jim Garrity over at National Review was picking up on what I was talking about in my monologue. You didn't know this was a real thing, but it is. The potential for a reality czar in the Biden White House who would direct a centralized task force that could coordinate a single strategic response by the federal government to fight disinformation. Think about that, because if you're trying to fight paranoia, Garrity writes, belief in conspiracy theories and distrust of verifiable official sources, a presidentially appointed realities are leading a government wide effort to stamp out perspectives and arguments that a federal panel has determined is not part of reality is just about the equivalent of pouring gasoline onto a fire. This is more or less announcing to people who believe that the government is out to get them that, yes, the government is indeed out to get you. Um, the idea that the government is now going to be the fact checker. Why have a media? Why have a press at all? The whole idea really behind freedom of the press was so that they could do the reality checks on the government, not the other way around, that the government does reality checks on the press. But, you know, we're just living in that kind of time now. We're now living in the kind of time that... um, that with the parallax view, uh, you, you, they, they think we're the crazy ones, and I happen to think they are. I think I have history on my side. I think I'm right about the foundations and the fundamentals of, and the import of and the original intent of the First Amendment. 
I don't think it was ever the government's business to check the press. I don't know of a Supreme Court case that says that's what it's for. In fact, they all go in the other direction. But if that's what liberal academia thinks it needs and if the Biden administration is so unconfident in being able to control the narrative that they need to do this, you know, have at it. Just have at it. I, I would like nothing more than to think about, you know, a radio host, one of the colleagues here or another radio host saying something that the Biden administration goes and facts, fact checks, whether it's through Twitter or some other sort. I would like nothing more than that. I would like nothing more than that. You think about how crazy the press went and the media went when Donald Trump would push back against what he thought were false reports. Now, that was just one guy with, uh, you know, an opposable thumb and a or two and two two opposable thumbs and forefingers. That's just one guy tweeting. Who thought we could whoever thought, you know, we could take it to a whole new level and create an office of a czar with a commission that would investigate all this stuff and then report on all the false stuff the media says. Now, something would tell me if this ever does eventuate that um that there will be some networks that will be getting closer scrutiny, more scrutiny than others. Something does tell me that they would recruit investigators from uh, places like Media Matters, organizations that are already doing it. The Orwellian nature of the idea that you should be able to read your own media or the media that you want, the idea that you have to be countered by the government, I said it's an Orwellian idea. I, I put the predicate before the conclusion. It is so unbelievably Orwellian. Does no one... At the New York Times, stop and take a step back and think about what they're doing or what they're saying? No, of course they don't. Can't call it the China virus or the Wuhan flu or whatever, but we could talk about Brazilian strains of it. Um, Can't talk about how anti-science Fauci is now. Because he was forced to be anti-science then. So when he's on Wolf Blitzer last night talking about it's a good idea to wear more than one mask at a time, it's, it's just mind-boggling. It's almost as if – what was I thinking? I was thinking of Spinal Tap. I was thinking of Spinal Tap because it sounds like having an amplifier that goes to 11. That's what it sounds like to me when he talks this way. This is not a man that should garner respect. Do you have our mashup of Anthony Fauci? This is not a man that should be given any credibility whatsoever. Here are his greatest hits from last year. Bottom line, we don't have to worry about this one, right? Well, you know, obviously you need to take it seriously and do the kinds of things that the CDC and the Department of Homeland Security are doing. But this is not a major threat for the people in the United States. And this is not something that the citizens of the United States right now should be worried about. We'd be changing our habits. And if so, how? No, right now, at this moment, there is no need to change anything that you're doing on a day by day basis. I don't think this is something that the United States public should be worried or frightened about. Mm -hmm. I think the risk is very low right now for the United States. 
Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. You're sure of it? Because people are listening really no, closely to this. Right now, people should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. When you're in the middle of an outbreak, wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better, and it might even block a, a droplet. But it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. And often, there are unintended consequences. People keep fiddling with the mask, and they keep touching their face. And can you get some schmutz sort of staying inside there? Of course, of course. The biggest offender of that, by the way, is the boss of Anthony Fauci right now, Joe Biden, who messes with his mask all the time. Uh, The idea that we have to hang on to this guy will give you whiplash if you listen to every piece of advice he gives. And he had the temerity to give a press conference two weeks ago saying the new rule here is that if we don't know something, we're not going to guess. Was he guessing for the entire last year? And is he guessing now when he's telling us two masks are better than one? If I have to wear two masks to go into a store or anywhere else, I'm telling you right now, I'm not going into a store again. I'm just telling you right now. I'm not wearing two masks. I was amazed, you know, his music rocks, but I was amazed how um how little stage presence he had even in even in his uh, good old days. It's kind of interesting. He's not a huge stage presence, Mr. Money. So you've heard these um I guess you would call them ads about our station and uh, you know, promos um about what we do on this station with the wonderful audio from Barry Goldwater, 1960 about taking back the Republican Party and the conservative movement, let's get to work. And um, our station's going to do something interesting about that. A friend of mine asked me, you know, to get us there, what would be like five books, the five most important conservative books you've read that you would recommend? And I thought it would just be fun to mention them, talk about them for a second, and hear what, you know, anyone else's ideas might be. Uh, As I say, our station's going to do a nice, fun thing about that. You'll stay tuned. You'll hear more about it later. But I, I, I gave my friend the five books that I would recommend, the five most important conservative books to me, in no particular order. Well, maybe in a particular order. A New Birth of Freedom by Harry Jaffa. He was my teacher. This is, this is – someone asked me the other day, what's the best Jaffa book? This is it. Jaffa's written multiple books, but A New Birth of Freedom because it has the most learning in it. It was one of his later books, and it has the most wisdom, learning, and thinking in it about the founding of our country and about um, the meaning of our Declaration of Independence and the Civil War and almost everything I talk about in almost every monologue. A New Birth of Freedom by Harry Jaffa. That's one. Two, um, and now we're out of order, but it doesn't matter. The Dream and the Nightmare by Myron Magnet, M-A-G-N-E-T. The Dream and the Nightmare. It is the single best book I've ever read on the detrimental effects of, um, of the Great Society programs of Lyndon Johnson. And everyone who's read it, by my recommendation, has said, wow, what a book. One of the best books in the conservative constellation of writings, The Dream and the Nightmare by Myron Magnet. Witness by Whitaker Chambers. I, th- I, think, I think you have to have Witness by Whitaker Chambers. 
it talks about how a man went from communism to capitalism, from communism to freedom. Uh, should I tease the next two for the top of the next hour to keep? And if people want to call me with their favorite book, conservative book, or top five, even love to have you tell me six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. Maybe we'll ask Hugh Hallman. He's coming in later. We'll ask him. He's a he's a he's he's steeped in conservative lore. What his would be? That'd be fun too. Be a fun day to discuss that. I mean, what else are you going to do? What else are you going to do? Listen to the radio, watch some movies, go to a restaurant, go to the gym, and read great books. And there's a life for you. We'll be right back. 602 508 0960.